0: What's your dream? What's your goal? What's your motivation? What's important to you? What's your passion? What can you do to change the world? This is What's Involved. Conversations with thought leaders and change makers from around the world. Hear stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate people like you to live your life, find your passion, and live your dream. Together, we can all bring positive change to our world. Now, here's your host, David Watts, and once again, it is what's involved. And
1: you know, we have special guests. I tell you about that all the time, but this is one guest that I've really, really been looking forward to to having a chat to. And when I saw the book uh, come across my desk, going, "Okay," uh, before I read anything else, just just the the title of the book um, and the little dragon in the back background, I was like, "Okay, I need to find out who this man is." And uh, what the story is. Who am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about Ian Buckin, and uh, the book is called Hunting the Dragon, the story behind the world's most radical leadership system. Hello, Ian. Nice to have you with us. Good morning, David, and lovely to be with you and your listeners. Right. So, first and foremost, we've got the book we're going to be talking about, but I think the more interesting part, is probably going to be talking about Ian and about your journey. So so let's kick off a little bit uh, and and start at the beginning. Tell me a bit about yourself,
2: Ian. Uh, I'm a country boy born in the uh, thriving metropolis of Lusikisiki in Ponderland, uh, which was a a wonderful place to be. My parents were uh, doctors there, and uh, I had a brother and sister, Alistair and Jenny. And very soon, my sort of wonderful freedom uh, in Ponderland with all those beautiful people ended at age eight when I was bundled off to boarding school uh, in Durban. Uh, So that was a real shock uh, for me to be an eight-year-old and uh, going through boarding school away from home, I wouldn't recommend it for anybody, Uh, quite frankly, maybe as a teenager, I think it's great. Certainly not at eight years of age, and then I went through boarding school there, and then through to Grahamstown boarding school, and then off to UCT uh, where I studied engineering, uh, mechanical engineering. Took me six weeks, six years to complete that degree, and to this day I can't tell you how a motor car operates. So uh, I was never destined to be an engineer, I guess. And we had one lecture on. On business, and that was my journey. So I headed off in that direction, and have been in business and marketing ever since.
1: So tell me about that, because you you, you say yeah you've been in business and marketing, and and does this mean that uh, you have a string of successful businesses behind you?
2: <laughs> I I have to chuckle, <laughs> um, uh, you know. <laughs> David, there's a famous uh, leader of leaders uh, called John Maxwell. And John has written maybe 30 books. And I've, I've read and studied a good 10 of them. And he talks about the fact that in California, they did some research uh, on what makes an entrepreneur successful. And the average person, and this is really important, the average person tries one and a half times and then gives up. Okay. And never does anything, goes back to just working. For somebody else. And the people who are successful try just one more time. They tried two and a half times and are successful. Well, sadly, John Maxwell's statistics don't apply to me. Um, I, I, I tried five, six, seven times and uh, built businesses up and I just smashed them all for various reasons. So up until 1994, I'd built and crashed sort of five fairly big businesses. Uh, and a lot of little ones in between. So it took me a long time to uh get it right. But I think if I did anything in that time uh and what I would advise our young people in this country to do is you just never give up. Just get up again and go. Uh, and I think that was my saving grace. <sighs>
1: Yeah, one of my mottoes that I that I have and, and I try and live by is, is the whole idea of just keep on keeping on, because very often you know what will determine your success is hanging on long after everybody else has let go. So, it's, I suppose it's one way of looking at things. But what interests me is you know you, you get a lot of people and and they'll come across as entrepreneurs. I've had a bunch of people on the show. Um, and the story is always about how successful the business is, what they've done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But very seldom do you get into the nitty gritty of the behind the scenes before you have the successful business. And I think that's partly what I enjoy so much about your book is it's not just a book on leadership. It's kind of part memoir as well. And, and to me, it seems that, that, uh, it, it comes across as, this is Ian, warts and all. Um, I don't know if I'm just interpreting that, but I certainly get that impression.
2: Um, David, this is one of the reasons why um, we ended up writing the book, which we'll perhaps chat about just now. But in 1994, um, I was, when I look back now, really, really privileged to uh, be able to go on, on a transformation course. And one of the fundamental things on that course, uh, that I, I took away, uh, in, in such a massive way is you just tell the truth all the time, regardless of how good or bad it is. And when you do that, people trust you. So, uh, you know, if, if I look around at so many of our, our companies today, uh, most of our politicians and a lot of, of people, we always try trying to tell the good things. Uh, This is why I'm so good about this. This is why I'm so good about that. And they just put spin on it. Uh, You ask yourself a simple question, where's the trust? And you wonder why they are not trusted. And yet, if anybody, um, one of our politicians, for example, I don't want to mention any names, if they just stood up and said, you know what? I want to apologize to South Africa. I did steal that money they'd probably get voted in. <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's crazy, but you trust people who tell the truth. And so when we set out to look at our leadership system and, and, and this book, it was really important to, for me and, and for my family, uh, my kids who helped me put the book together, it's uh, Zach Barney and Wallace, uh, just to tell the truth. And because people can relate to that, I can relate to David Watts, who says to me at the beginning of this conversation, uh, wow, you know, I only started to really get going in my life at 54, because then I know that you're in touch with the reality of who you are. Um, and I can relate to that. Whereas most people would never dream of saying something like that.
1: Listen, I, I, I must be honest, and it's it's been I think both both a blessing and a curse. Is is that um, I have, and, and in, especially in terms of the radio show and the podcast, um, it, the listeners get David Watts and all, so so they they probably know more about me than than my own family because I believe in sharing because. You know, radio personalities, if you're on a radio station, it's easy to do the big fame thing and go, look at me, look how special I am. But I think it takes a certain amount of bravery to go, listen, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. I mean, I, I, one of the things that fascinates me in this book is um, I've had a good few businesses in my lifetime. And I've always managed to sort of get them going and then they start and then as they start to get a little bit successful and it looks like we're ready for blast off, I do something and I screw it all up and it's back to square one. Um, And that psychology, that mindset is part of what uh, uh, interests me and certainly it interests me about your story because you also actually really got onto, the, to, on, onto your track, your calling, so to speak. I think you mentioned in your 40s in the book.
2: Uh, yes, uh, I was 44, 44, 45 uh, in 1994, and a uh, wonderful year to celebrate our freedom uh, and probably one of the most miserable years of my life because I'd just gone off the cliff again with absolutely no skid marks. Um, and I was in a really bad place in 1994. Uh, but again, it, it was the turning point for me. And uh, one of the things, if I could share with you as as to that turning point, uh, on this course, we played a game. And uh, the game was uh, two teams. that were 40-odd of us. And we broken up. And there was just one rule. And the rule was you have to win. So in my typical fashion, uh, I kind of took control of the 20-odd people on our side. And uh, some guy turned around about halfway through and he said, you know, we need to do ABC. And I said, Oh, shut up. This is what we're going to do. And I pushed like mad. And anyway, after two hours, nobody had won this game. Neither side had won. And the uh, invigilator, uh, a guy called Dr. Baruch Benai, he came across and he just gave us the gears and he said, who said to you that for you to win, the other guy had to lose? And mm. man, it just hit me so hard because my whole life was on, at boarding school, for me to win, you had to lose. And what does business teach you? They teach you for you to win, the other guy needs to lose. Yes, yeah.
1: only, only the strongest
2: survive. Exactly. And it is just absolute rubbish. And I cried for for a week and it was the first time I'd cried in a long, long, long time. And to this day, on my little thing on my WhatsApp says, always win-win. So our company today is for me to win, you must win first. So I will do everything I can to get you to win. And when I get you to win, then I will automatically win.
1: That's fantastic. It is What's Involved, my special guest, Ian Bakken, talking about the book, Hunting the Dragon, the story behind the world's most radical leadership system. We'll be back in just a bit.
0: We'll be right back with more What's Involved. David would love to hear from you. To leave a voice message, visit what'sinvolved.com and click Drop Me a Voice Note.
1: And we're back. What's Involved It's so good to have you along with us. Uh, as I said, my special guest, Ian and been really looking forward to chatting to him because it was almost as though going through this book, um, it's he'd started reading my mail because there's just so many little points and, and bits and stories that I go, ah, oh, yeah, been there, been there, done that, uh, failed at that, dropped the ball over there. But what for me is inspiring, Ian, is that there is light at the end of the tunnel. and And, and this book is... I wouldn't say it's the culmination of your journey because I think your journey is definitely continuing um, and the company's journey is definitely continuing, but it is a summation of your learnings to date. So we're going to dive into the book because that's why primarily we're talking to you. But, but tell me a little bit about the business. What made you decide you wanted to start this business?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh... David, at, at the time it was just survival. Um, I mean, here you've got this highly qualified, uh, mechanical engineer from UCT. Okay. You, you can't even fix a car. Uh, and then I go through these corporates at Unilever and Smith and nephew, and then I have a full go to all these different businesses and fail. Um, I started out just to survive being a door-to-door salesman. So, um, I just worked my brains out. I had a a door-to-door business during the day and at night, and I was working perhaps 90 hours plus a week, okay? Um, And I was just exhausted seven days a week. So it was just survival. I wish I could say that I'd set out to do something different. What was different was not the business I started, but was my approach to the business, that this business had to be a win-win business. So the context was different. Um, and I had a tough time. In fact, probably from age 45 to 50 to the turn of the century in 2000, uh, was some of the darkest years of my life. And I can hardly remember anything from those years. It it was just this continuous, uh, kind of wheel, uh, of just trying to, to pay the bills, uh, stop my kids from being, uh, dropped from their schools because I couldn't pay the bills, uh, trying to pay off when my furniture was attached, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, there wasn't any kind of magic uh, what was happening. And I was also determined never to take on another partner. Um, So I had people saying to me, look, I'll become your partner. I'll put money in. And I just, my wife, Carol, was just a rock. She said, never again. Because the partners, as soon as you got successful, they want to take money out. And my philosophy was, no, we just keep on re, just put the money in, put the money in, and I never want to borrow another cent in my life again. And to this day, by the way, uh, our company doesn't have an overdraft. We don't owe any money. Uh, we pay cash for everything. Uh, if people will send us an invoice. They get paid immediately. Uh, that kind of thing. And it is just a wonderful place to be. And so some dark, dark years, and then uh, two thousand. I started to turn around when I had some steady customers, a base of about 6,000 customers, and then the cash flow started to get positive.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, this is one of the many parts is that like when you talk about partners, for example, I think there are people that are wired to have partners and to have good partnerships. Um, I've always been told that I don't play well in the sand pit with other children. So, um, I, I, am a bit stubborn and pigheaded and, uh, so yeah, that, 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 but I can, I can yeah. certainly, you know, my, 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 my approach very much has been, if I want your opinion, I shall give it to you. Um, I have tempered that over the last while though. I have definitely tempered that, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's strange. So, so why come up with, the name that you did, because that is making a big statement, okay? Because, you know, it's The Unlimited. And it's like, wow, okay. It's a big statement. It's a scary statement.
2: Uh, Are you talking about the name of of the company, The Unlimited? Yeah. Um, I learned a long, long time ago uh, when I was cutting my teeth in marketing at Unilever um, about trying to find a brand name that, that wasn't, that you could add some value. So, for example, uh, Sun I've always thought was a, a great brand name for a shampoo because it, it kind of tells you what your hair is going to look like and, and stuff. And, and so I was looking for a name that wasn't just, uh, Ian Buckin Incorporated or, uh, David Watts Pty Limited or whatever. And so, I came across a company in America uh, called The Limited. And in talking to my partners, I said, but "We, we, we, the exact opposite. We unlimited. Why not the unlimited?" And uh, that's where it was born. And everybody just loved that idea. It kind of suited our our way of thinking.
1: And 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 I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. It, it, the journey is is what fascinates me. The most, because I think, and particularly here in South Africa, and I have a passion uh, for for people who are wanting to get into business for for small businesses. Um, in my opinion, the large corporates are pretty much doing what they do anyway. But it's these in aspiring youngsters. Uh, I came across uh, two young guys the other day um, that have uh, companies called uh, Art of Aqua, and and. The, the, the one youngster studied, he's got his, uh, is, he's a mechanical engineer and he's got his LLB and then started an aquarium business of all things. And yet these guys and the way they do it is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, at the one stage I was there and I was chatting to the dad, and he said, why are you so interested in stuff like this? I said, because these, this is the future. This is where we need to go. I mean, we can sit and bitch and moan and whine about how broken South Africa is because that ain't going to change in a hurry, in my opinion. You know, as you said, it would be nice if somebody said, yeah, I took the money, let's fix it. But uh, all signs indicate to that that's not going to happen. So entrepreneurs and business and small business, micro business, that's where our change is going to come from. That's why I love what you, what, what you guys are doing. So the book, as I said, it's a handbook. It's a, it's a, it's about leadership, but, to me, it's so much more than that. And you say, you know, the, the think win-win. I think that's, that goes back to Stephen Covey. Um, but it's very difficult to do. It's easy to go. It's got to be win-win. But, uh, you know, business-wise, we're not always wired to do that. So what does the unlimited do?
2: Okay. So we have a, a very, very interesting model, okay? and. Um, it's the kind of question I love answering, by the way. And that is that we are product agnostic. So, so we don't have a fixed product in our business because we started the business out by teaching people how to run businesses. And uh, so it's not like I go to university, get a degree, and I've got all the theory. But now what do I do? We actually take kids uh, off the street, literally, as long as they have them a trick, that's all they've got to do. Be honest, and we teach them. And we show them more importantly how to run a business and they, they don't have to pay for it. We grow them in that space and then they end up running their own business. So that they could be selling anything from toys and books and calculators on the street. We don't do that, by the way, but they could take their business to, to do that, or they could be uh, in financial services, which is where we do most of our business. So our model is, um, we talk about we grow leaders to grow the business. So we grow these youngsters uh, on the outside. We teach them how to sell. And they just become incredibly good at growing other people, training other people, and learning how to run a business. And then we do all the back-end stuff for them. We do all the product. Uh, we collect uh, the debit orders for them. Uh, and then we pay them their portion of it. But it's their business. It's, it's not our business. It's that they... We are not. We don't manage them. Uh, We just demand a a, a certain level of ethics, and we have a a very tough. um, uh, What do you call it? An SLA uh, that we work to, and yeah. So if people struggle to put us in a box, so we help them with that by saying we we are in financial services, but we have a lot of other products that are outside of of financial services as well. Um, Some gap cover. Uh, and stuff like that.
1: I think this is fantastic. And you know what? You're the kind of of person that when I look at uh, the time that we allotted for the show, I'm like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to ask you all the questions that we need to ask you. But but we're going to cover what we can cover in this one. It is what's involved... My special guest is Ian Bakken. We're talking about Hunting the Dragon, uh, the book. Uh, It's all about uh, business leadership, but it's not a book like any other you've ever read. We'll be back with more What's Involved in just a bit.
0: Hey, like what you're hearing? Share the podcast with your family and friends and spread the word. This is What's Involved.
1: And we're back with my special guest, Ian Becken. And I suppose we need to get onto the book, hey? Because, you know, that's, that's kind of what I said on the tin when I said I was going to be chatting to you. So let's talk about, about uh, Hunting the Dragon. Why did you write a book like this? Because clearly this is, this is a labor of love and, and it's a story and it's a journey. So talk to me about the why.
2: Um. If I could take a little step back before uh, we get into the why, which is uh, why the title and where does this dragon hunting come from? We were doing things. We just—I've read uh, a, a ton of books and just listening to to you, David. I know that you've done the same. Okay, I'd pick up entrepreneurs find entrepreneurs very quickly, <laughs> uh, and I know and I know you've been in that movie. Okay, uh, the challenge was that we read a lot of books. And we tried to implement a lot of the stuff uh, in the company and in conversations, and it just didn't work. And we were at um, Brahman Hills one day just chatting. And our CEO at the time, Steph, said, well, what is it that we actually do? I mean, what makes us different? And we talked about it for a good hour. And during that time, we said, you know what? We're not mainstream. We're different. We're out on the edge. It's like those guys on those old maps of old uh, where they, you know, the Portuguese maps and Spanish maps. And they said, those guys who sail over the horizon, there be dragons. And we said, well, what are we? And we said, well, we are dragon hunters. We, we're always looking for something better. We're trying to do uh, something better for our customers, for our people in the business, for our communities, all of that kind of thing. And so we labeled ourselves dragon hunters. Which is fantastic. because it's really.
1: Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Because I immediately flash back to uh, Mark Shuttleworth and HBD, which was Here Be Dragons. Yes. Uh, so the dragon yes. analogy is is brilliant. You know, um, I often refer to myself. I refer to to having a business as trying to ride a dragon, but uh, the dragon analogy.
2: There works. you go. <laughs> There you go. I told you, entrepreneurs find each other. I mean, okay, we've all got dragons somewhere in our, in our lives. Um, yeah, it's fabulous. Um, so we then started to look back, and, and I'm now going to tread on kind of a little bit of tricky ground here. And we looked at, at South Africa. Step back, and we started by looking at South Africa and just said, "What is what? Is, what are we seeing is wrong?" And we didn't see leaders taking a stand, okay? We didn't see leaders uh, in in the corporate world uh, way back in the day, one or two took a stand against crime and they were hammered by the government. So a a lot of corporate leaders today uh, tend to be a little timid because they lose government contracts and stuff like that. So they don't take a stand, okay? And they tend to work behind the scenes. And that's not to say that they aren't doing some great work and there's some brilliant people doing some great work but certainly not taking a stand in public, very few. We then looked at uh, our people, okay? And really, mainly, I'm thinking of of unemployed black youth primarily. They've lost hope. They've just lost hope. Mm. And when you've lost hope, it's it's a terrible place to be. And when you start to, to measure unemployment by... Not counting the people that don't apply for work, that for me is just a disgrace. Okay. So you talk about 38% unemployment. No, there's another 10 or 15% that are so disillusioned that they've given up looking for work. So um, it's probably 45 or 50% of our youth, maybe even more, who've lost hope. So we started to say in our uh, journey of looking at leadership. We're doing things differently. We're breaking the mold. It's much more practical, uh, uh what we've learned. Uh, we've done our 10,000 hours. Okay. Uh, of stuff we know that we, what we're doing is working. We need to get this message out and we need to attract leaders to come to us. And whilst we hate people to join us, uh, work for us and leave and go on, we also love it. So we, we hate losing them, but uh, we also love the fact that we're adding value to the, the greater market, as it were. So we then said, you know, we're never going to get credibility for what we do unless we write a book, and it's just like that. It, it, the guy that has the credibility is the guy that's read the book. So we said, right, let's write a book um, for the company, and we will. it will help us to attract leaders. We'll grow those guys and we know that many of them will go on and do other things. And I could give you a list of 20 wonderful people that I've grown when I think that they've left us. They've left us and gone on and done amazing things in other companies and all of them, they go with our blessing. So the why was really to, to start to introduce a new way of leadership that we think can start the process of shifting the country.
1: Which, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, you were talking about, about leaders in, in, and leaders in, in our country. I'm sure you've come across a gentleman by the name of Benang Makale. who um, wrote a brilliant book uh, called Behold the Turtle. Um, and after interviewing him as well, I said to him, why on earth are you not taking more of a role in the politics and, and what's happening in this country? And and his answer to me was because I believe that by influencing businesses, big businesses, small businesses, that would be a better vehicle for change. And and I found that a very, very interesting uh, sort of statement to make. And, you know, he's he's got a point. He definitely does have a point there. So, Ian, before we go into into our next break, because we're going to wrap up when we come back, and I, I really don't want to. I might have to I might have to try and twist your arm and see if we can do some follow-ups here. But um who
2: should read this book then? I, I think they're they're probably two big categories. Okay. Um young people, uh fresh out of varsity who are looking for uh something more than just joining a corporate where uh you're not you, we don't think that you learn leadership in a corporate, there's too much team building and stuff like that going on. So people sort of 22, 23 to 35, okay, should read the book. Uh, people who are who want to be looking at ethical leadership, leadership with values and leadership that's different and leadership that comes from the future, not from the past. Um, so definitely those kinds of people, I think will get an enormous amount of, of benefit out of it. And those are the kind of people that we are looking for. Uh and then young, unemployed people, and it's difficult for them to get access, but that we can always get help them with that, okay, um, to read the book because it's about hope, uh, David. You know, there's an old story, and I think it was John Maxwell who talked about it, that uh leaders are dealers in hope. And if there's no hope, um it's, it's a tough world. And I hope that our journey, my journey, and uh, many people in our business' journey of not giving up, keeping going, it's a mental journey. It's, it's just don't give up. And if that book can do that to people, uh, we know that they'll win. And, and our, our model for growing franchisees, of which we've grown over a 1,000, by the way, of hardcore guys who know how to run a business, the guys who win are the guys who have got hope. They have a dream and they just don't give up. They get knocked down. They step up, uh, stand up. They get knocked down. They stand up and suddenly they get it. And when they get it, man, it's, it's, uh, uh, wonderful to watch. And yeah, I mean, you don't even have to read the book. In fact, to get that message, just get that message. Don't give up and just live your dream. And if we could leave that message with, a, with our youngsters today, it would just be wonderful.
1: Yep, I agree with you. Uh, strangely enough, uh, on on my podcast, one of my little sort of lines that I've got there is that I'm a dealer in hope. And I, I did, I shamelessly stole the dealer <laughs> in hope thing. Um, but wonderful, that's, that's what I aim to do with the show, with this podcast is to be able to, to make stuff accessible and to make people accessible to those who may not be able to do it. And I had a question the other day, somebody said to me, David, you're now on your 200 and whatever episode of what's involved. And you've actually yet to make a cent out of it. And I was like, yeah, then, well, Why are you, why do you keep on doing it? I said, well, two reasons. And, and one of them is selfish, um, because I get to chat to the most amazing people. And the other reason is I keep thinking about people that would be in my or a similar position to mine that don't have access. So, you know, it just, it's one of those things. We just, Keep on keeping on. Anyway, Ian, when we come back, we're going to wrap it up with you. Uh, This is What's Involved. So good to have you along with us. Uh, As I said, my special guest is Ian and We'll talk uh, about where to find the book and how to get hold of the company and find out what they do. All of that when we come back.
0: This is What's Involved. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. More next. And we're back. What's involved It is? We're wrapping it up with my
1: special guest, Ian Backen. Uh, We're talking about uh, the book, Hunting the Dragon, the story behind the world's most radical leadership system. So, Ian, the book, where is it available? All good bookstores?
2: Yeah, all good bookstores. Amazon, Take-A-Lot, all of those, yeah.
1: And and I'm going to say something now, and, and I've said it a couple of times on the show, but this is something I believe you need to have in your library if you are at all interested in, in business and making business work and just having a look through it um, and, and going, oh, okay, yeah, there is hope. And, and hope, you struck, you, you struck on that earlier on. And that is so, so important. Um, a good number of years ago, I was working with a company called Empowerment Concepts, and uh, they were doing uh, AIDS awareness in schools, and we would go to these schools, and we would do this whole thing, and the kids would look at us and go, "Yeah, so you're telling me about a disease that might kill me in seven, ten years We don't care we could we could get killed crossing the street tomorrow. we could anything could happen. What have we got to live for anyway and that was the one thing that we found with those kids is that um, behavior change will happen if there's hope, but when there's no hope there's just that those guys, those kids didn't see a future at all, and it changed our focus as what we were doing then into kind of going, okay, well, let's see if we can create a compelling future for you, so that you then behaviour change will, will actually um, flow on from that. So I think it's a it's a brilliant book. Now this wasn't a solo uh, effort; your 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 children were involved in that, and I wanted to ask you about this because you said earlier on about no partners. So, so where do the children fit in? Uh,
2: because of, of uh, my work habits of 90 hours plus a week, uh, by 1994, uh, the truth of the matter is that I alienated my family to a large extent. Uh, my wife, Carol and Stack uh, Barney and Wallace, my three kids. So yeah, sure we loved each other, but I just wasn't there for them uh, when it mattered, and I went on a, a course and drew, ended up drawing a picture, which is in the book, of what I saw my future like. And uh, part of my future was to start a company based on love, uh, which will fascinate a lot of business people, and that this company would would uh, make a lot of money, and it would put that money into the. Environment put that money into early childhood development um, and also into more training. Uh, but the most important part of it was would be that my dream was that my children would uh, and my wife would be involved in the business with me. So after about five years of running it on my own and I could afford it, uh, my massive dream was to have uh, Zach come on board and Barney come on board and Wallace come on board. And over a period of time, all three of them have done that, and so we ended up becoming in a sense a family business and it that has been my greatest joy by a, a long long way
1: yeah, it is amazing because so often you get you get focused on on the the, the, the sort of end point uh, the goal and uh, that family and friends do get left behind the way and I think it's incredibly important that uh, there is that balance there. Ian, as I said, uh, we are fast approaching uh, the time when we run out of time. Uh, If somebody wants to to get hold of the book, we said most good bookstores, we've said it's available online. How do people get hold of of you guys? Do you encourage people to get hold of you guys? Or or how
2: does that work? Uh, Absolutely, we do. Um, They just go and and, and Google the unlimited. And uh, it's T-H-E, obviously, unlimited very simple, and they'll get hold of us and there's a a way of making contact with us. Equally, we've got some 35 offices around the country um, and they can get hold of those offices very, very simply. It's all on our website. And those youngsters, all all I would say to those youngsters who come on board, uh, those who want to join us at head office, we will give you an MBA in leadership in one year that'll do more for you and cost you nothing, just hard work than you will ever get uh, at a university. I'll guarantee that. And for the youngsters to join our sales site, if they just follow our simple system, we will be able to take you out of uh, a tough, tough place and get you to a place that you can afford a car, afford a home for your your family, for your parents, that kind of thing. Absolutely guaranteed if you just follow our system. So we'd love to hear from them. Just Just Google The Unlimited. There we go.
1: So look it up. It is uh, The Unlimited. So it's T-H-E Unlimited, and uh, you can get hold of the gang. They will uh, happily have a chat to you. Um, And as you say, you've got offices uh, all over the place. I mean, what did you say, 35 uh, 35 different branches? Um, And it's a great website, okay? So it's theunlimited.co.za, Unlimit Your Life. And uh, I think that is wonderful. The question I have now for you, Ian, before I, I finally let you go, is where to next for Ian Buchan? What What's next for you and for The Unlimited?
2: Um, we're starting to branch out beyond uh, South Africa as, as The Unlimited. And uh, our big, uh, what we call our... our uh, massive transformative purpose is to shift lives. And we're shifting lives uh, with uh, our people inside. So we're offering them opportunities to go and work for us now uh, in the UK and other countries. We've already got people uh, operating out of the UK. So that's what we're doing in-house. But I think the thing which for me personally, my project right now is uh, the unlimited child where we have uh, 3,500 crations that we manage and look after in South Africa. Uh, we put 215,000 children. We make school ready every year. And our goal is to turn that to a million sc- children school ready uh, within the next five years. So sure. uh, th- that will, without a doubt, shift the country. It's the biggest system of its kind in the world. And we are just absolutely passionate about that. Nothing more important than early childhood development.
1: You see, now that in and of itself is worth at least another interview. Um, He says, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, But Ian, another book? Is there another book in the (laughs) offing?
2: David, writing books is not for sissies. Yes, it's 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 a... (laughs) <laughs> I've started about a hundred
1: times and I've just, I yeah, can't, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's traumatic.
2: Yeah, There is a, another book. It's, uh, we haven't titled it yet, but it's, it's, this book is kind of the background and giving the context of everything. The next one is, is more a, how do you implement this in your business? It's how do you hunt the dragon kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. And most of that work's done. I haven't done that work. It's been done by our head of leadership uh, and my daughter, Wallace, and uh, Belinda Young, and they've done an outstanding job uh, on putting that together. And so that will be coming out probably in the next six to nine months. So smaller companies will be able to get that book and say, uh, here is how I actually implement all of these things. This is how I go into leadership that comes from the future, not leadership coming from the past.
1: I think that's wonderful. I am now publicly putting in my application for the interview, the first interview when that book gets released so that I can chat to uh, the relevant people. (laughs) So uh, there we go. Brilliant. Listen, again, we're out of time. We've got to wrap it up. Ian, thank you so much. I know you're an incredibly busy man and thank you for taking the time out and and sharing your passion, your
2: knowledge with us. Uh, I really, really do appreciate it. And David, wonderful to, to meet a fellow entrepreneur. And if I could just end up by saying what I loved most about chatting to you was your comment about the fact that you've never made money out of it, but you do it anyway. And that will always win the day. Always. Uh, we, we always talk about do the right thing. Okay. And the profits will follow. So I love that coming from you. Thank you. Oh,
1: thank you so much. There we go. Wraps it up for this edition of What's Involved. My special guest there was Ian Buchan. Uh The book we're talking about, Hunting the Dragon, the story behind the world's most radical leadership system, It's got to be on your bookshelf. Uh, It is just an amazing book. Um, And and books like this are are few and far between. So uh, go out and get it. Once again, uh, you can log on to theunlimited.co.za and check out what they have to offer there. As I said, wraps it up to each and every one of you. Look
0: after yourselves. Take care. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to What's Involved. We hope this episode inspires you to find your passion and live your dream. Don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast. And to see what's happening, what's going on, and what's coming, follow What's Involved on Facebook and Twitter at What's Involved. Thanks again for listening.